Welcome to another installment of Now Hear This Entertainment. I'm Bruce Horsniak, and wherever you have found the show, thanks for listening. This podcast is widely available, so know that there are lots of options out there to listen and subscribe. In fact, Now Hear This Entertainment has gotten added to both the Amazon Music and iHeartRadio apps and websites. The show website is nhte.net and has lots from all episodes, plus links to social media and podcast listening platforms. Do be sure that you have also signed up there for the weekly e-newsletter about the podcast. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Oklahoma, my guest is a singer, songwriter, guitar player who released a 20-song album at the beginning of September. He actually has two other releases on iTunes that have 30 songs each. He has worked on many films and TV shows, having just finished contributing music to the film Sound of Freedom. He also does engineering and production and has partnered with Tascam over the last couple of years. You've been hearing a song of his called Snakes. It's my pleasure to welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, R.T. Valine. Thanks for having me, Bruce. Yeah, absolutely. Let's start off by having you tell the listeners all about the song of yours that was just playing called Snakes. Great. Uh, yeah, that's a two-part uh, song. Uh, the first part is solely instrumental, and the, the second part was inspired by a friend of mine was riding his horse here through the wilds of Oklahoma, and he was warned that uh, sometimes that's a haunted forest and uh, copperhead snakes will hang from the cedar trees. And uh, that was really the inspiration for the song. That visual was it impressed me quite a bit. So walk us through writing the song then. Is this friend of yours just somebody who told you the story and the songwriter light bulb went off in your head and you said, I think there's something there? Or was it, no, this friend is actually a songwriter also and we collaborated on his story and co-wrote the song? Uh, I, I wrote it uh, by myself, but uh, yeah, you're right. The light bulb went off. Uh, we have picked guitar. I actually gave the fellow a couple lessons. He's a local uh, rodeo rider and he owns a business in Ada, Oklahoma. So just just a local friend. So explain to the audience, RT, when that happens, is it as he's telling you the story, the light bulb is going off? Is it it happened the next day? It happened a week later? And moreover, do you eventually tell him, and maybe it's in that moment, hey, you know that story you told me? I'm going to make a song out of that. Uh, Bruce, I will it, it'll typically happen immediately, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll mention it to the folks as soon as I hear something. I'll give you another quick example. Uh, we were sampling Moonshine. This was back in Los Angeles, and it's separated from the head, the heart, and the tails, and I told a friend of mine, I said, this is the end of the heart, and he said, boy, that'd be a good song title. I said, Rick, you are... <laughs> that is now... A, has been a song in our catalog for years now. So. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. It's always fun to hear those kind of stories about how the songs develop. Listeners, you heard me say in the intro that RT has a new album out. Last week, you heard Bailey James talking about the new single that she had just put out. In fact, less than a week before that episode came out. Well, these interviews that I put out every week on Now Hear This Entertainment are my new releases. So much in the same way that you're always encouraged to support artists like RT and like Bailey and others who put new music out, I'm asking you to please consider supporting me and this show. 
through the Patreon. For now, hear this entertainment. You can show your appreciation for the work I do every week, plus help me with expenses that I have for doing this, and you'll get bonus content not available anywhere else. And you can do all of that at just 5 bucks a month. Just go to patreon.com slash nhte or from the show website nhte.net. Use the orange-colored Support Us on Patreon button to go over there. I put out a new episode of Now Hear This Entertainment, a new release, every week, and have done so for more than six and a half years now. It would really mean a lot to me to have you supporting what I do through the $5 a month that you can contribute through Patreon. RT, Valine, and I will be recording extra conversation after this episode, just as I've done with the other guests over the last 40-plus weeks, dating back to last Christmas, and you will unlock all that exclusive audio when you sign up at patreon.com slash nhte or use the orange-colored support us on Patreon button on the show website nhte.net. So, RT, congratulations on the new album, which is called Memories of Eden and came out on September 2nd. Share with the audience all about that release. Okay, so... Well, I'll start with the title track. Uh, Memories of Eden was a song that, uh, again, uh, I often work backwards from the title. And uh, I, when I formulated the content of the song, it was, oh, I suppose I, I thought about uh, love and it being represented uh, as a painting that uh, two lovers created. And... Uh, that wound up being the title track, but the recordings date back to uh, last year when I started working with a, another local fellow here that uh, played the Hammond keyboard, and so we recorded a few tunes and uh, did some sessions in Los Angeles separately with a different group of people. And so, uh, yeah, it spans a good year, and wow. it's truly really a collection of songs. But are these all songs that, in other words, 20 songs, <laughs> that's that's so aggressive. And I'm just curious as to, is it, you know, Bruce, the, the blood starts flowing and, and the creative juices just don't stop. And I just crank these out. Why 20 songs? And, and I know you say it took over a year. So, you know, why not split them up? Just explain to the audience about putting out such, unfortunately, I think, I think music lovers would be thrilled if more and more artists would be putting out releases that are more than say 10 songs and you're giving them twice that much so just take us through your thought process and putting out such a huge collection a huge album well that really stems bruce from uh utilizing itunes and that particular digital platform and going through a digital distributor that will reach you know amazon and spotify and uh so when you have the opportunity to release through that uh my thought was always, why not make it a vast collection uh. of songs versus individual? Because a lot of the, especially the first two releases on iTunes, Most Wanted and Both Hands on the Bottle, were 30-song collections. And those I had left out quite a bit of material uh, from that time period. So they did each have their own digital albums, really, that they were called from. Or sometimes they were released as singles, very simply uh just maybe through Bandcamp or, you know, a, a less visited uh, digital format. Gotcha. Well, you know, I love that strategy because it's, it's almost like you're being too kind to me because it's almost 
like saying, why 20 songs, Bruce? Why not 20 songs? So I love that you're looking at iTunes and saying there is, for all intents and purposes, no limit. So I don't have to put 10 songs on an album just because that's what most people do. I'm going to put 20, or in the case of the other ones, I'm going to put 30. Are you recording these all yourself? Is it your own studio, or is someone else working with you on the production and recording? Uh, this is all from from A to Z. Uh, you know, For the past 10 years, all this has been recorded uh, solely by myself, I suppose you could say. I mean, I've had, of course, quite a bit of help with uh, some of the instrumentation. But in fact, 80% of it was probably just myself playing various instruments very poorly. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I've, I've had help in that way. And I, I've had great friends that were uh, very good engineers with, with vast experience. And uh, they've really given me quite a path, you know, to making this a possibility because it's quite difficult, you know, to focus on the engineering aspect of microphones. And yeah, so it's a solo effort. Yeah, it's a lot of different hats to wear, but you do release under RT in the 44s. So I think you're saying that on this new album, Memories of Eden, you're not doing 100% of the playing. There might be some musicians that played on a couple different songs. Yes. Absolutely, and this is probably the first release where I've had that varied uh, a guest roster, if you will. Uh, mm. you know, uh, we did have a solid performing band in Los Angeles for years, but uh, the recordings, again, were mostly myself solo, but this album in particular, I had an opportunity, again, to work with locals here in Oklahoma, uh, some great musicians from East Los Angeles, uh, you know, so it lends a lot of different uh, flavors to this collection through through the different players. I'm very pleased with that. Yeah, that's a great point that you said it lends a lot of different flavors to it because I was looking at it more from the standpoint of you probably enjoying the opportunity to exhale and say, good, I don't have to do everything myself. I've got some people that can sit in on some different songs. Sure. Um, you know, sometimes that's nerve-wracking to just the logistics, I suppose, you know, of getting all the uh, folks together uh, on the on the same page and uh, but yeah that has been refreshing Bruce it really has so let's give the audience some background here on who you are and where you've been you've actually only been in Oklahoma for five years so share with us where else you had been and also when and how you got started in music Okay. Well, I grew up in Ohio, uh, various parts, but I, w I went to school around Cleveland and was born there. And in fact, I was part of a singing group of a youth singing group, uh, comprised of over a hundred children, uh, called the singing angels. And, uh, we traveled extensively across the country, even overseas formed at the white house. And it was really all wow. called from the, uh, you pulled from the American songbook, you know, and even into musicals, but we were really singing to some of the older generations, Bruce, you know, so that uh, having grown up with that and not only in part with my grandparents on our farm in Perrysville, Ohio, uh, country music, folk music, a lot of old jazz and swing was just sort of, uh, you know, I, I soaked it up, you know, and being in Ohio, you're not far from Detroit. I heard a lot of Motown music and ah. of course, growing up in that period, you hear all the pop music on the radio, but I was, I was raised, you know, in a, a fairly religious household. So 
a lot of gospel music. I sang a lot in church. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, I guess at 22, I moved out to uh, Los Angeles after uh, art school at Bowling Green State University in Ohio. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, then Oklahoma five years ago. I can get into that later. Was the Los Angeles move the typical, you know, why do you think I moved to Los Angeles? I was going out there to do music. Or, or was there something that conveniently brought you out there and it's, you know, boy, this works out well. Now I can also do music here. Well, I wish it was that noble, but uh, I was actually enrolled to go to the University of Washington for a master's program uh, in art and in painting specifically. Hmm. Uh, but uh, a friend of mine came back to me and said, hey, I'm, I'm moving to Los Angeles. You want to go? I said, well, I'm kind of tired of school. I, <laughs> I think I might enjoy that, you know, a change of scenery. I'd never been there, Bruce. So wow. uh, I, I, but yeah, that was really the impetus, truly, to to just focus on music once I arrived there, and that's what I did. So was it once you arrived in L.A., or did you leave out part of your story in terms of when did you actually pick up an instrument and start doing something in addition to singing, meaning playing, I'm guessing, guitar or maybe something else? I, I guess I started with the, uh, some woodwind instruments uh, in school, playing in the marching band, and I was involved in theater and the marching band, the jazz band, and uh, so I, I played an array of instruments at that time, uh, picked up the guitar as a teenager, and that's when I really started songwriting and did that through college. It was a great experience, ah. you know, to uh, sort of explore that and meet other people and uh, really be exposed to, to different ideas and small, you know, just small town Ohio stuff. So that was really great. Uh, and that was a springboard to go to Los Angeles, I, and I was very excited when I got there because there were quite a few things that I'd never even seen or heard of, you know, mm. uh, that really inspired me. So, Well, listeners, I couldn't wait to get this point of the interview to ask RT the following question. While we're talking about Los Angeles, when you were there, you started your band, RT and the 44s, and it said that it was an attempt to make listenable music from junk. <laughs> Tell the audience what I'm referring to. Okay, so... When, like I said, when I got there, I was so inspired because uh, so many different types of music were being combined. I guess you know Beck was really reaching heights at that time. This was 1998, and he was combining folk and jazz and uh, you know hip hop and all these different things. And so one thing that I just noticed was the uh, eclectic feel. In fact, people had said, you know, you're a corny kid from Ohio. Nobody wants to hear these folk songs. Mm. <laughs> So it got to the point where I realized, you know, I, I could sit there with the guitar and sing my songs, but once I started combining different elements, it, it became, I guess, more unusual and garnered attention, I suppose, for lack of a better word. And uh, that sort of led into building the instruments to create these sounds. Uh, and uh, that was quite fascinating. My friend, uh, Michael Webb, we all call him affectionately known as Swimmy, uh, he and I started a DIY band, and it was really just a base built from a wash tub, um, and uh, yeah, I guess oil can guitars, uh, any variation of junk that could be put together to make melodic sounds, and it worked out fairly well, and uh, got to the point, Bruce, where it became 
I had a lot of folks saying, you know what, you're singing through a CD microphone, right? <laughs> Why are these things together? For this this effect, these sounds, right, to stand out. And uh, people said, you know, the songs I are so, we really enjoy the songs. Uh, we'd like to hear your voice more. So mm. eventually, Bruce, we sort of, that became the driving force rather than the, uh, you know, instruments. Yeah, but still, you know, audience, I'm, listening to this and as i said i was excited to ask rt that question because in my prep for this interview i had read that rt and his band were using instruments made from tin from two by fours and different salvaged parts and it made me think of episode 287 when i interviewed justin johnson we were at the summer nam show in nashville and justin johnson talked about and now he sells them mind you, but he has been making shovel guitars, which are guitars that he makes from a shovel that you use to turn dirt uh, on a farm, for example. So I will put a link on the show page for RT's episode on NHTE.net to the Justin Johnson interview, so you can go back and listen to him talk about that. But so, RT, when you moved from Los Angeles to Oklahoma, what happened to the band? Because I assume that they were all in California, so did you have to find new band members or what once you got to Oklahoma a, a, a little bit of both they some of the uh, band members and mind you this the band being happening for as long as it did you know people would get busy and we'd just rotate and it's a constant rotating cast of characters ah. uh, and so uh, really you know I had a live core performing group I'd say for about four years with the same members but again they would sub in and out somebody had to go travel to the other side of the world or the country you know uh, it was really fun because we just had a great community of musicians wow. uh, we'd often play shows together and so same thing when I came here sometimes they travel here I would often go back to LA and do uh, shows record releases NAM, ah. for instance uh, perform there and they join me there or uh, but yeah, here I've been able to find a great group of musicians too. A couple fantastic uh, bass players, uh, Paul Wilkes, uh, Johnny Carlton, and uh, Bart Wildberg plays a lot of uh, electric guitar, and he is uh, Wayne Hancock's uh, guitar player. Oh, and real quick, I would like to mention the, the two fellows that I play with here in town that made some of these last recordings possible: Al Giancotti and Richard Layden. We've we've been they've started a brand new band out here now. Allen, Oklahoma, called the RCB Band, and really proud of them. They're a great group. Okay, okay. Well, in the lead-up to today, you told me that the three albums on iTunes that have a combined total of 80 songs are actually a compilation of songs from over 15 albums. So where are those 15 albums? You know, over what span of time were they all recorded? And I think I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it anyways. But why compile everything onto three albums totaling 80 songs rather than just leave everything as is, meaning in the form that they were originally spread out over the 15 albums? Um, let's see. It. I, I almost feel like sometimes that's too much to ask of someone to, uh, you know, to go and peruse album after album. Uh. And uh, another point is that. Uh, iTunes, any digital distributor charges you the same amount of money per uh, release. So to release 15 albums individually, uh, I thought it might be economically uh, wise to sort of combine these songs and because there were some that people really cared about more than others. And I thought, well, why not curate that and uh, 
make it more accessible to folks that aren't that familiar with me. Because my fans that have known me and been with me for years, they've got all those individual records. But I don't expect the general public that's unfamiliar with my work to to go through that, if that makes any sense. I see. I see. But so just for the record, over what span of time were those 15 albums recorded? I'd say 2010 to present. 2010 to present. Wow. Wow. That's a lot of music being created. So where are those 15 albums, though? If somebody really wanted to track those down, are they available somewhere? Yes, it's all archived on Bandcamp. Ah, okay, okay. I'm joined today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Oklahoma by singer, songwriter, guitar player R.T. Valine. Visit his official website at rtandthe44s.com. That's R.T., the letter N, the 44s.com. I will put a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. Once you land on that website, you'll find links for RT's social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. On Spotify, you can follow RT and the 44s, but the better way to show your support is by purchasing music downloads from iTunes. The new album, just released September 2nd, is called Memories of Eden and features 20 songs for just $9.99. Keep up with R.T. Valine online for other news, including where you can see him perform. Remember that R.T. and I will record more conversation for exclusive release only through the Patreon for this show. It's bonus content not available anywhere else, and it's your way of telling me that you find value in what I do here each week, whether that's educational value, learning from me and my guests, and or entertainment value. You can get in for just five bucks by going to patreon.com slash nhte or from the show website nhte.net. Use the orange colored support us on Patreon button. This morning I got notified of the latest direct deposit from Amazon. That is money that they kicked back to me because of listeners to this show using the tall Amazon banner on nhte.net to start your online shopping. We are into November now, and not only is Christmas shopping season about to start, but this darn pandemic is unfortunately getting worse. So all that shopping that you're doing from home online, start first by going to my show website, nhte.net, and scroll down to the tall Amazon banner. Once you tap or click on that, it will take you to Amazon, and then they will calculate a small percentage of the sale at the end to send to me, which helps with all the costs I have for doing this show every week. It's all anonymous, too. I don't know who bought through my banner or what you purchase or how much you spent. So if you want to help me out but don't want to pony up the 5 bucks a month through Patreon, just shop through my Amazon banner, and it won't cost you anything extra at all. Do please tell family and friends who you know shop from Amazon a lot to do the same as well. RT, in plugging your website and social media just now, I mentioned that people should keep up with you to see about upcoming performances. It looks like from your website, like last month, you did perform at an outdoor venue in Oklahoma for Harvest Fest. Is that the case? Did that event happen despite the coronavirus still lingering? It did, and it was uh, it was an outdoor venue, uh, like you said, Uh you know, again, here in Oklahoma, things have never really locked down, Bruce. Wow. Uh, yeah, we've, you know, we've, uh, personally, we've tried to, you know, uh, follow all CDC guidelines and 
do things properly. That's why, you know, being an outdoor show, I thought, well, we can we can follow those guidelines and hopefully keep everybody safe. And it went off real well. Um, you know, I was invited to play in that particular, uh, in the bar that uh, is right there. I guess it was a week or two prior, but it rained. And I was invited to play indoors, Bruce, but I declined because uh, uh, obviously there's, there's a pandemic occurring. So, yeah. uh, you know, but uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting to see how all this is happening and, Sadly enough, uh, a lot of these venues are not going to survive, you know, um, the smaller clubs and even a lot of the festivals are, are probably going to suffer. I mean, they were canceled this year. We did the Woody Guthrie Festival online, uh, which I participated in the last four or five years, and uh, you know, that's unfortunate. But I do believe that there are a handful of festivals in Oklahoma. You just mentioned the Woody Guthrie Festival. I said that the one last month was Harvest Fest, but there are others, yes? Right. You've got Medicine Stone. And, uh, again, you know, with, with Oklahoma's governor not really implementing any real lockdowns, I think any any guidelines that come from uh, government are coming through local government, if that makes sense. So let's clarify one thing as it relates to the performance that you did at Harvest Fest, because we did talk about the way that you got started in Los Angeles with fashioning instruments out of any junk that you could find. Yeah. I want to make it clear to the audience that today you're playing proper instruments. So something like the Harvest Fest, you know, what would that RT in the 44's appearance have looked like? You know, how many players were on stage what does everybody play? Was it the guys that are on the album? Was it a combination thereof? Those kind of details. Okay. Well, and again, with the pandemic, uh, it, I've been mostly working solo. Uh, uh, we did just, we, yeah, we did just record a record for somebody that came in. Uh, but you know, that obviously you have to work. So, uh, but typically I'm just performing solo and, you know, it's still junk, Bruce. I was playing a Squire uh, Stratocaster, uh, probably from the early 2000s, made in China, uh, that I've you know <laughs> set up and modified a little bit. But yeah, I, I've, I've had American-made uh, Fenders, Gibsons, and everything. But uh, again, part of the uh, impetus is to just show people, especially the youth, that you don't need to have a $3,000 guitar. Uh, you can you you can play just fine uh, on you know a hundred dollar guitar, so that's important to me. Yeah, that's a great lesson. That's a great lesson. You started to mention this. Let's dig into the non-performer side here for a bit. I mentioned back in the intro that you do engineering and production, and I think this is what you were referring to. I know that last week you had told me that you had just finished up recording a client. Talk about that work that you do. Uh, well, that's, I guess, began uh, with Tascam many years ago with, you know, with uh, tape recordings, reel to reel at first. I think that was an Akai machine, but then uh, uh, with Tascam four tracks. And then I eventually got into the computer side of it uh, and started my partnership with Tascam. And that's lately we've just been using the Model 24 to record everything Model 24, Model 16 which are their uh, mixing boards with the uh, on analog and the digital recording capabilities on board. So that's what we've been using lately. And, and this fella came down to record his record from Ohio. 
and uh, Bart Wildberg participated. And uh, yeah, after a three-day session, we've uh, we got him a seven-song uh, EP. So it's it's been quite enjoyable. I it, I love being able to take sometimes even younger artists that are just starting out uh, that really want to have a demo or you know uh, have a real simple EP produced. Uh, that's a passion of mine to get young voices out there, Bruce. So talk about how, I guess I would say, what percentage of your music career is spent recording other people as you're describing, because we've heard a lot so far about you as an artist, as a singer, songwriter, and guitar player. But now that you're saying this, is it to the point where you're spending a lot of time actually being proactive about trying to get business recording other people or is it ah this was just somebody I know I I only actually do it once in a while or is it no it's a big part of my business it it is a big part of my business although it is uh it's it's sort of a private thing you know I'm more of again I'm a songwriter and a musician uh but it's been something I've been doing for 20 years wow and so oftentimes you have people that I've you know, we'll hear the recordings that I've done of of ourselves and uh, say, boy, I really enjoy the quality of that. Uh, it's, you know, sounds that's a way I'd like to hear myself. And so we'll bring them in. And uh, yeah, it's been a litany of people in in Los Angeles. Quite a few folks, uh, Irene Diaz and the Bloody Death Skull, which is a Diana Foyer's group. And uh, yeah, in uh, here, a young gal named Kyla Mitchell, uh, just a wonderful voice, sang a track actually on this Memories of Eden. So, again, that's a big passion. Uh, Connor Wilson, another young kid out here, uh, just trying to get their voices out there, Bruce. So there's two things I'm hearing. Number one is this is not since you moved to Oklahoma. You were already recording other people when you were in Los Angeles, correct? Yes, uh, yeah, correct. And, uh, again, it's it's something, a skill that I've acquired, but it's not... You know, I, I will do I, I will do it for people, uh, but it, so it is part of the business. But uh, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't say that I'm, uh, it, you know, any kind of, uh, I guess Phil Spector. <laughs> it sounds to me like you're a project studio that you can pick and choose who you want to work with, as opposed to, hey, this is my full time business. I need to really market the studio and take anybody and everybody that comes through the door. You have that luxury of being selective. Yes, yeah. I mean, it is it is my own boutique thing that I, you know, it's my baby, so I don't solicit business for it. Mm-mm. I see, I see. Well, let's back up, and you started to mention Tascam. I just want you to talk a little bit more about your relationship with them because when listeners go to your YouTube channel, they will actually see two different videos that Tascam did with you. Right. Uh, I guess, let's see, we started off, when I began with them, I, I was endorsing the uh, DR44. And so we've talked quite a bit about the handheld recorders that they produce, the digital recorders. And uh, then again, this uh, project with the uh, model series, uh, which now includes the model 24, model 16, and model 12 units. Uh, and uh, their interfaces, their microphones, um, you know, quite a few tools that uh, I utilize uh, from Tascam. In fact, I've got the DA3000, which uh, can record all the way down to one bit. So that is going to be the next project to record to one bit. 
Yeah, and I'd be remiss if I didn't let the listeners know that I'm currently talking to RT through a Tascam TM280 microphone, which I just love. So some nice synergy there. RT, speaking of your YouTube channel, the featured video on there has over 15,000 views, and another one is about to hit 17,000 views. Now, granted, full disclosure, they're from six and nine years ago, respectively, but there's a lot of artists out there that have videos from that long ago that don't have 1,500 or 1,700 views. Is there something that you did for those two particular videos that you had such good success with them? I wish I could pinpoint something, but uh, I, I guess Lost My Way probably has been the most viewed video, and that was shot by a, a couple of friends of mine up uh, in Los Angeles behind uh, our home in a mustard field. And uh, so um, that, I think it was just, you know, the guys did a really great job uh, recording the video, Bruce, and the rest of them, I mean, save for... Uh, Long Gone was shot by a, another friend who's a professional uh, filmmaker at the One Eye Gypsy, and that was with the uh, Dirty Little Secrets of Burlesque, which is a real fun video. Uh, the rest of them we shot uh, ourselves, my wife, basically behind a, a, a Canon DSLR. Uh, I think if anything helped uh, the video succeed, I hope it was just the visual content uh, combined with the music. I really have had a big love of film my entire life. And so uh, that's, that's been a joy for me to, to combine those two elements and uh, share them with folks. So I think maybe it's just hopefully that shows through. And there's some good lessons here for those of you in the audience that are aspiring performers, because you'll hear all the time that to have success on YouTube, you have to be consistent. But what you're hearing from RT is you can be consistent, but if you put out a new video, I'll just make this up and say every Monday, and the video looks like crap, well, then you probably know why you're getting 15 views or 17 views instead of 15,000 and 17,000 like RT has gotten. And again, I want to restate, this is important because you're going to say, well, Bruce, you said that those videos have been on his YouTube channel for six and nine years. So that's how he's gotten 15,000 and 17,000. And I'm here to say no, because there are artists that have had videos on their YouTube channel for six and nine years and haven't even gotten 1,500, not to mention 15,000. So listen to his words that the time that was invested and the professionals that were brought in to make those particular two videos look as good as they do obviously went a long way. And RT, I'm sure you're still happy with the quality and the product that you're getting when it's DIY, but I think you're saying that you see the difference yourself in terms of the results. Right, yes. And I think, well, one of them uh, is running after you or uh, my goat is in a pickup truck with me. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, that one actually may have the most views at this point. I'm not sure. My mother keeps me abreast of these things, Bruce. I'm terrible <laughs> about promotion and social media. You know, maybe that's why those videos only have 50,000 instead of 150,000, because I can't promote anything. You know, it's all word of mouth. Um, I, I, you know, I'm a little reticent to use utilize social media i guess as much as one should these days um but uh, in fact that particular video was my mother's idea she knew i'd take this goat on rides through la east la and 
She said, boy, that'd make a great video. I said, well, I guess I need to write a song, Mother, (laughs) 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 to make the video. So, yeah, it's a process, and I think people ought to enjoy it. And, uh, you know, it's just the love of putting music to film for me. Yeah, and for the record, I'm looking at RT's YouTube channel right now while he's talking. And so, as I said, the featured video, the one that you'll see first, it's End of the Heart, and that one has over 15,000 views. And then lost my, my wife shot that Bruce. Wow, wow. Yes, yeah. yeah. And lost my way is the one that's coming up on seventeen thousand. So listeners, you'll see those when you go to RT's YouTube channel. You'll also see a lot of great information when you read the Access Vegas newsletter, which I talk about every week on the show. You know that I read it. Sometimes I spend too much time reading because there's so much information in the latest issue. I read about a, and I do have this right, you're going to say that can't be possible. I think Bruce has got his facts wrong. In the latest issue of Access Vegas, I read about a 1.25 million square foot property that was to open October 28th in downtown Las Vegas, and it was to house the world's largest sports book and Nevada's longest indoor bar and Fremont Street's longest outdoor bar. Plus, I read which place USA Today voted as the best Las Vegas casino. And in light of the pandemic, no doubt, there was a feature called Las Vegas Outdoor, Nine Awesome Things to Do. I even read about the only new show to debut in Las Vegas this fall during the pandemic. And by the way, that show is free of charge. So sign up today. Go to my show website, nhte.net. Click on the Access Vegas logo and during sign-up, put in the code BRUCE to get $5 off, and then you will receive Access Vegas in your email inbox like you hear me talking about every week that I do, and there's going to be a lot for you to explore. They're going to help you save money. They're going to teach you about discounts. They're going to teach you about savings that don't require a coupon. You'll get access to their special reports. There's a lot of benefits for those that get the paid version of the Access Vegas newsletter. Again, To do that, go to my show website, nhte.net, click on the Access Vegas logo, and during sign-up, put in the code BRUCE to get $5 off. In fact, when you do that, send me an email and let me know that you did it. My email address is podcast at nhte.net. And for that matter, anytime you buy through Amazon, send me a little message saying, I clicked through your Amazon banner, Bruce, you're welcome. In a minute or so, we're going to wrap up with another one of your new songs, RT. But first, your new album is also available physically, not just digitally. And you say that earlier this year you put out a 45, which I wonder if you mean physically or just a digital single. You're obviously embracing this comeback that we've been seeing vinyl making, yes? Right. Uh, The first vinyl record we put out, I think, was 2013. And that was just a self-titled LP, 12-inch vinyl and uh yeah that was uh 2013 and then just recently uh, partnered with tascam we recorded uh east la wedding day which is you're correct a seven inch 45 physical wow. record wow and, and this memories of eden is the first physical uh production on any of those itunes collections so mm. the other two are not available in physical form just memories of eden as of right now so Help me through this then. So Memories of Eden, the new 20-song album, you're saying that physically it's available. Is it vinyl only or is it CD as well? It is only CD. It is only CD. CD. Now, now the songs that are on the 45 are East L.A. Wedding Day and Locked Up in Laredo, which are included 
in that collection. But that is that that was a standalone single release right there off the record, I guess you could say, the East LA Wedding Day forty five vinyl. Okay, and so how can people purchase the forty five vinyl? Uh, through the website, uh, the CD of Memories of Eden is also available, as well as T-shirts and uh, various other merchandise. Okay, okay, wow, wow. But it sounds to me like you're very much in favor of this comeback that vinyl is making, yes? I've always been. That's how I started really singing, too, as a child, uh, playing records and singing along to the records. And so I've maintained a vinyl collection that I've had since a child, and now it's grown to a uh, I don't know, kind of annoying proportions, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, I've, I've, I've really I've, I've loved the format. I grew up with it. And uh, as soon as we had an, uh, an opportunity to partner with New High Recordings, which is who we put out both of these uh, vinyl releases with, uh, we, we took advantage of that because it's always been a dream of mine to do that. So tell me this then. When you have someone that comes in that you're going to work with, that you're going to be recording them, are you taking part in their decision whether to release in a format in addition to digital or are you saying that's not my job Bruce that's totally up to them right I just what I basically they all walk away with uh, a, a physical CD and uh, you know now with the model 24 I'll actually give them the uh, session uh, flash card SD card rather from uh, the session that has all the raw wow. takes and everything so, yeah, it's up to them. They can, you know, and I mix and master everything for them as well. And if, you know, it's up to them. If they like the way all that came out, boom, they go ahead and put it on whatever format that, uh, you know, they choose to put it out on. Uh, so that's typically the way I work. In other words, you're not sitting there trying to convince somebody, hey, you know, you really should put this out on, on vinyl also. No, no, I don't get involved in that. I certainly, I don't ever want to run a record label or, <laughs> you know, that's just a little beyond my uh, skill set. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, we're running out of time, and we didn't even get to talk about the film placement that RT had, which I mentioned back in the intro. I guess he and I will have to talk about that in the Patreon bonus content. But RT, before we talk about that and other stuff in the exclusive audio for people who are signed up through Patreon, we're going to close today with another song from the new Memories of Eden album, a song called Wish This World. Tell the audience all about this song, if you would, please. Sure. Uh, I guess it was inspired, first off, by the uh, tornado that hit Nashville. Uh, a lot of my friends uh, lost almost everything, and... Uh, then a week later, I suppose, is when the pandemic uh, really hit full force here in the States. And it was just a, you know, a feeling of, um, hmm, you know, how, how can I express uh, my thoughts, my wishes uh, regarding, you know, this sort of dark period, I guess, that a lot of people were ex all experiencing. So that's really what that is, Bruce. It's just my expression uh, with regard to what's happening right now. Well, and I think the beauty of that, RT, and I'm sure you would agree, is that you can witness somebody from a distance going through something but still feel a part of it through the beauty of being a songwriter. And while it's not going to repair someone's home or cure a disease, it's going to make them see your sincerity and that you're trying to be a part of what they're going through and you recognize that this is a challenge for them and you're saying hey i'm not turning a blind eye to this because it's nowhere near me and it doesn't affect me right well that's why i think music is, is so 
so imperative and, and works so well as a communication tool because we all have those same sentiments. And if we can share them with each other, uh, that's, that's all the more powerful. And uh, that's why I love the form, Bruce. Well, and similarly, I think everybody certainly loves writing happy, cheerful songs, but at the same time, I think you'd be doing yourself and the music community a disservice if you did ignore the challenging subjects because they're too challenging, and you say, well, I don't want something so heavy and something negative that I have to write about, so you have to stand up and embrace that as a songwriter the same way that you would the warm and fuzzy moments. Sure, and that's where I always loved Woody Guthrie and then subsequently Bob Dylan for taking on some of those subjects and uh, you know, communicating them with the, with the world. Well, RT, congratulations on the new album, and it was great to finally have you on Now Hear This Entertainment. Thanks for making time for this today. I appreciate it. Thank you, Bruce. Had a great time. Listeners, that will do it for another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, guitar player R.T. Valeen. Do visit his official website at rtn44s.com. R.T., the letter N, the44s.com. I will put a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. Once you land on that website, do look for the icons to go engage with R.T. on social media. This morning, I liked his Facebook page, and I followed him on Instagram and Twitter, so be sure that you do the same as well. And, of course, subscribe to his YouTube channel and watch and like the videos on there. You heard us talking about two of them in particular. For that matter, tell him you heard him and his music on Now Hear This Entertainment, regardless of when you're listening to this episode, even if it's six months after it came out. And sure, follow RT and the 44s on Spotify, too. But support RT by purchasing his music from iTunes. His new album is called Memories of Eden. You also heard him talk about other music and merchandise that you can purchase through his website. One more time, the Patreon for Now Hear This Entertainment is the only place that you can hear the bonus content that I've been publishing every week since last Christmas. Extra conversation with the podcast guests. A lot of them running by the time I add in my intro 20 minutes long sometimes my intro includes things like insights that i give about say how i booked the guest and or when we recorded the interview etc get started with it all for only five bucks at patreon.com slash nhte or use the orange colored support us on patreon button on the show website nhte.net Remember, too, about starting all of your Amazon shopping by scrolling down on nhte.net to the tall Amazon banner and clicking through so that they will kick back a small percentage of the sale to me at the end of the transaction, which allows you to support this show without taking any extra money out of your pocket. And yes, it really is all confidential. Thanks to privacy policies, I don't know who bought, what they bought, or how much was spent. So look for that tall Amazon banner when you scroll down on nhte.net. For now, that will do it for episode 352. Thanks ever so much for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from R.T. Valine. This is the one he just talked about. It's called Wish This World. Feel the sound of the thunder Lighting up the skies Ship is going under Love's in short supply Everything is different Nothing stays the same 
people pointing fingers Finding who to blame But if I had one hope, if I had one prayer If I could think my thoughts out loud Lord, I'd wish this world settled down Tell myself I'm dreaming Shake myself away The things are what they seem Nothing to give or take Things will get better It's gonna be just fine Just a change in the weather The sun will surely shine If I had one hope, if I had one prayer, if I could think my thoughts out loud, Lord, I'd wish this would settle down. If I had one hope, if I had one prayer, if I could think my thoughts out loud, Lord, I'd wish this would. I wish this world Lord, I wish this world Settled down Just a change in the weather The sun will surely shine 